Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Heather McMahon, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. We are coming live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That is right. I'm staring at the Pirates baseball stadium. Go Pirates. Sure. Great. Love it. Anyways, you guys, we've been on the road. We're on the second leg of the farewell tour. Come to a city near you. We so far out the gate have been in Long Island. We did two shows in Borgata, nearly fucking killed us. Baltimore didn't make it out alive. Literally one thread, one breath left. And now we're in Pittsburgh thriving. I freaking love Pittsburgh. We're going to get into all things tour life, how we're surviving. Y'all follow me on Instagram and you know that I've been trying to literally just catch my breath and keep up with everything. I'm so excited to to bring one of my dearest friends on the podcast today. He and I have been road dogs literally for this year, but we've been road dogs for what, maybe like 10 to 12 years. We used to wait tables together. Again, I want to bring people on the podcast who are actually important in my life. I could bring celebrities and hopefully we'll get there when I can actually schedule them when I'm in the same city for more than one week. But to me, interviewing and talking to people that you see in my day-to-day life is the most important thing to me. I'm going to bring on in just a second, my buddy, Chris Kettner. He's a Tony award-winning producer. We used to sling hash browns at brunch shifts and hell's kitchen together and he's the guy who's kind of holding my hand and producing the farewell tour right now i couldn't do it without him i love him he's one of my best friends ladies and gentlemen welcome to the studio christopher kettner what's up what's up what's up hi honey thanks for hi. coming on the podcast of course i'm so excited we are what would you say just truly doing the most truly doing the most i mean we're trying to do the most and put out the most, but the world is attacking us from every level. What happened to you? You just came into okay. this hot hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Really fucking hot. Y'all, I, I kid you not. You know, if you follow Heather and even if you follow me, you know that I don't mess around with Starbucks. Like right. my cold brew has to be on point. It's everything. It's what starts my engine. It's literally like trying to get into a car without gas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you do have an, a thing called cold brew colon. Cold brew colon. Because yeah. your colon is actually loose. Yeah. You have at least three or four uh-huh. venti cold brews a yeah. day. Yeah. And then your asshole just leaks out of your own That's body. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Cool, I mean, cool, cool. I've already taken two <laughs> massive shits this morning. It's not even 11 a.m. Yeah, just clearing it out. So what happened in Starbucks? Okay, so I walk into Starbucks and then there's this 
pimply face college kid, maybe 19 years old. Right. I'm in line. I get up there and I go, hi, sir. Can I get a venti cold brew with coconut milk? That's my order. I've been drinking it forever. And he goes, uh, no. And I was like, okay, so um, it's just going to be a venti cold brew with coconut milk. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't come in venti. And I go, okay, bud, I don't know if you're playing with me right now, but it's going to be a minty cold brew with coconut milk. Why would he not allow it to be in a bigger size? I think it's product knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> like what I said, what I said as I walked out, like being a total asshole, I was like, so no one showed up for work today, Starbucks. See ya. So anyway, like I fought with him and he was like, it only comes in a grande, man. And I literally looked at him, crowded Starbucks, right. downtown Pittsburgh. And I was like, I don't know if you're fucking with me right now, but I need a venti cold brew with coconut milk. And he was like, uh, okay. And then like his coworker down the thing, this sassy, sassy girl was like, he don't mean nitro. He just mean regular cold brew. And he was like, oh, it comes like that. <laughs> And I was First like, stay on the job. I was like, Patrick, I literally can't take your shit. Just give me my coffee. Here's the thing. And most people hear this story and be like, oh, Chris is being a dick. But it, it's you're not because I know you so well. Like yeah. you're literally just like, hey, dude, I'm trying to just like give you like a touch of education. It's really simple. It's really simple. But also, I know what I get every day. Right. You don't know what I get every day. Right. But it's not crazy for me to walk into a Starbucks and order a venti cold brew. But these are the things when you're on the road, what we're learning. It's the simple creature comfort. That's right. I like to travel. Right. I love to wake up and have a new experience every right. day. I don't like routine. If I had to go and work in a cubicle, I would No. No, it could, could not happen. I would I, be the person that came in with a machine gun and mowed everybody yeah, yeah. down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 100%. Just because like Tammy looked at me wrong at the water cooler. I'm like, I fucking snap. <laughs> right. 100%. <laughs> or like you had to fill out the same Excel doc six times in a day. And I'd you're be like, done. Everybody's dying. <laughs> yeah. Today is the day. But it's the creature comforts. And I think that's why the beginning of this tour has been so jarring. And I've been dealing with anxiety. Like you guys have kind of had to hold my hand. And I've been talking about it on Instagram. I've never felt this kind of like almost like an elephant ass has just been sitting on my right, chest. Right. It's because everywhere we've gone, like we did this amazing show on Long Island, but then we get to Borgata and Borgata is awesome. But the cigarette smoke, the casinos, oh like it was just, yeah. I think I'm overstimulated right now. 70 year old people just putting their social security checks into a slot machine. Uh, do you think it's overstimulation? I think it's overstimulation. I think it's also the amount of travel that we're doing. Like you said, we both love to travel, but it's different when you go to an airport, you check in, your head is in vacation mode and you're like, yeah, we're on the flight JFK to Miami and you're ready to go do that and sit by the beach. But when you check in and you have to work and you're in work mode yeah. and then something throws you off, like the gate agent doesn't know what's going on or like you wouldn't flip out like the way that we do if you were in vacation mode. But when right. you're traveling for work mode and everything, you're just like your head is in the zone, your head is in the work mode and then something throws stressful. you off. Yeah, it's stressful. Well, and even being in Borgata, like we couldn't, I feel like, get a decent meal. We ordered no. from the hotel, but we've all had diarrhea for four right. days. So not only, it doesn't help that you have cold brew colon, but now right. we just all have the shits. Like none of us, we have Tim on the road with us. <laughs> yeah. We have Christina, Christina Tompkins yeah. on the road with us. And so there's four of us and we've all had an upset stomach. Yeah. We've all had at some point a panic attack. The thing about casino <laughs> food, yeah. The thing about casino food in Atlantic City is like basically like cruise ship food. Right. You know how they like, they put stuff in the cruise ship food to make your poop soft. Well, that's they, what they do. And then yeah. the food at the Borgata was like, oh, nobody here has real teeth. So it's just food you could gum. Right. 
Like you don't need teeth to eat this food. I, the best thing I had was like six edamame dumplings with like yeah. a faux truffle oil on them. And I just gummed them to death. I basically like it was a smoothie. It was an edamame truffle If you lose smoothie. your teeth and don't want to wear dentures, you could survive eating at the Borgata in Atlantic City. When we were walking to the Starbucks in Borgata, I'm not even shitting you. There was a couple. They were playing the slots. The wife looked at the husband. She's like, if you don't put $100 on roulette later today, I'm divorcing you. And he's like, Linda, we're already goddamn divorced. I was like, (laughs) Atlantic City is where already divorced Mm -hmm. couples go to try and rekindle their marriage. And then they realize this is why I fucking left you in the first place. Yep. And then they kill each other on like opioids. Because you're an idiot. (laughs) And then you... Threw away all of my alimony yeah. onto the roulette table. We got out of the elevator. It was 10 a.m. We came downstairs. The casino was packed. I packed. Mean, you could not find a seat. If you wanted to play a slot machine, you couldn't. You would have to wait in line. Mm-hmm. So literally, there's this one woman sitting at a slot machine, black slacks on, black blouse, face done, hair done, cheetah print, little kitten heel shoes. Oh, yeah. And she looked like her world was over. I was like, oh, ma'am, you came for a weekend and you just lost everything before 10 a.m. I must be a cheap fucking bitch. I have never understood gambling. I don't get it. Maybe I just don't have an addictive personality. Yeah. I mean, I won actually in Vegas. This should have been, actually, it's coming very full circle for me. I won $600 on a slot machine. I was with Christina. Of course. On a Britney Spears slot machine. Yeah. When we went to Vegas that first time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was a moment where I was like, oh, actually, like that was ago. that was Britney Spears sending me a message saying she wanted me to help right. her. And help I'm, me out, girl. Right. I'm and I've been, trying, I've been trying to help her. Yeah. But- that's also, $600 that's, paid your rent. That yeah, yeah literally did. Because we were in such a bad way. Now that I think about it, people message me all the time about this Britney Spears shit. They're like, Heather, what are you doing? I'm like, y'all, I have, I've put the facts out there. Our, I have released our, our woman. Like yeah, Britney is yeah. now posting on her own and sharing her own truth. But she there's is. nothing that I can now, do. It's, it's no longer controlled. It's no longer controlled. She be, she's a robot and someone's like in a control room, like pulling the levers. Yes, right? but it's a really fucking big deal that she is actually now posting whatever she wants. She posted today. She loves hanging out with her kids. It's just her two dogs. And she just kind of is like twirling in a, in a flower dress from Delia's or 579 or right. limited to, you know. And not to also be totally uneducated about Brittany, but yep. she does have children. She, she does. She has she two has kids. offspring. She does have offspring. What are yeah. those kids doing? I think they're hanging out with K-Fed at the moment okay. because she's kind of been going through something. Okay. But you know what? Do we, we see the kids ever? Yeah. She does put them up okay. on Instagram. Okay. Here's the thing though, when we were driving, we were leaving Atlantic City and we were driving to Baltimore and that's when I really started to feel this like rage of anxiety coming on. Because what people don't realize is performing is the most amazing thing ever. But then when you are pulled in 6,000 different yeah. directions, like I get off the stage, I still then have to go record a podcast. I still then have to do like a deal yeah. or like fix things in a script. Like right, it's never right. ending. I looked at you in the car, Chris. And I said, I get how Britney Spears feels. And I'm not saying that in the sense that by no means am I a pop star. I'm not even saying that. Right. But I said, I get why people go crazy because yeah. when you get off stage and there's 65 people in the dressing room who need something from yeah. you you can't even take a minute to decompress what's just happened right it's like my adrenaline goes through the roof i have the best time performing i engage with the audience and then i get off stage and it's like cousin claire the moment that made me giggle i think we were either in long island or atlantic city there was a crowd of people in the dressing room and y'all this is maybe tmi but Heather was in her full Brenda Carlisle wig, suit, everything. It was five minutes till the show started. And I just saw sheer panic on your face and you were sweating and you were like... I was like, I'm going to have explosive <laughs> diarrhea. What do I do? You were like, I have to poop so bad. You were like, Chris, who's in the dressing room next door? Who's in there? 
And like, you were like, there are just so many people around. I can't even take a moment to take a poop before I go on stage. No. So I ran around backstage trying to find an empty dressing room so Heather could go have a private poop. (laughs) Held the show. And I was like, clear the room, clear the room. Like, I am in no way a The diva. look on your face in that moment, just, I will carry that with me forever. Because at the end of the day, these people just get to sit in a chair and relax when yeah. I'm the one working. Right. I told Jeff, I said, Jeff, we got to get focused because in order for me to do this for the long haul, right. I've got to figure out one, how to take care of myself. You got to stop eating beanie weenies and Doritos. No shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but here's the thing. When I was having a full-blown panic attack in the car yesterday, I said, Chris, pull over and I got sweet Thai chili Doritos and regular Doritos. She was like, we're going to eat healthy today. Let's let's find a great salad for lunch. We pull over for gas in the rental car. Heather comes back with two flavors of Doritos. Honestly, it calmed me the fuck down though. Yeah. No, you just need MSG and like chemicals. That's what I need. A little touch of home. That's, but that's what the Illuminati has done. They have put things in our bodies that now make us where we can't survive without the chemicals. It's like, eat a Dorito. You know what was happening? The Illuminati was watching you while you were freaking out on this little kid named Patrick at Starbucks. And they're like, it is working. Our plan. We have gotten Chris fully addicted uh, to Starbucks. I was going to eat Patrick alive. And he actually also, here's what he did. And this is a personality trait that I don't understand. Heather and I are, we are such strong people. You yeah. could literally destroy me verbally and I'd be so good. This kid, I was like, Patrick, I don't know if you're fucking with me, but just give me the cold brew. Right. He, after he took my order, he told the rest of the team like loudly, he was like, I got to take a minute to myself. <laughs> and he ran into the back and I was like, you got to take a breather, Patrick. Yeah. Because you didn't know cold brew came in a venti. Yeah. And I schooled you on your job. Like, y'all, if you can't handle a little 10 a.m. uncaffeinated Chris Kettner in the morning, you need to check in on your life. What it is, is the fact that when you're in entertainment, people tell you all fucking day long what they think about you. Of course. Whether it's good or bad. You get up, you expose yourself, you're in a very vulnerable situation. Nine times out of 10, it's always great because that's my job is to make people laugh. And then you get some fucking psycho on Instagram who DMs my entire team and is like, Heather's been talking about how she hasn't felt well recently. I really wish she'd just be funny. Suck my dick, Claire. I'm saying it. Excuse me. If you're a parent, a mom or a dad, and you're listening to this, I apologize that I just said that like that. No, I don't apologize. The fact that people have the audacity to now that I guess I have more viewers to treat me like I'm not a human is It's literally, I mean, going back to a cubicle life. It's like as if we walked into somebody's job and we're like, hey, Claire, the way you filed that paperwork, I need you. You're terrible. Right. You know, it's like, because you're a comedian, because your platform is Instagram, people giving you feedback like that, it's like, I don't come into your place of work and give you notes, bitch. Also, you know? I'm a human. Right, right. It's like, so you just want me to be a puppet and make you giggle all day and put the right. fat filter of on course. my face, which yeah. brings me joy. Right. But if I'm also like, hey, guys, had three <laughs> panic attacks at the Borgata. Right. Can somebody send me a tip or trick? Right, right. It's wild. I'm just navigating this world, but I feel so blessed to have my team on the road. The holiday season is approaching us and I want to be the hostess with the mostest. So when people come over to my house, I'm only giving them the finest bubbles. I love to start a party with a delicious, fine French bubbles. And that's why I'm serving Luke Belair, the award-winning French bubbles at my party. Here's the deal. It's basically right for any drinking occasion. Not only are the bottles actually beautiful, Luc Belair has unique styles. The number one French rosé in America. They also have a luxe, a gold, and a luxe rosé. Truly, 
I want to feel like I am a French aristocrat. I want to feel the luxury. When I'm sipping Luc Belair in my apartment, I feel like I am transported to Provence doing the most, baby. Here's the deal. If you want to try Luc Belair, I want you to experience everything, all the emotions that come along with just taking a moment out of your day to sit down, kick your feet up and feel like a fancy ass bitch. I want you to get 30% off. Yes, that's right. I said 30% off to all of my listeners by going to lukebelair.com slash absolutely. That's L-U-C-B-E-L-A-I-R-E.com slash absolutely for 30% off your first order. It doesn't get better than this. 30% off to try one of my favorite French bubbles. It is a family owned and operated independent brand in the world of all these corporate giants. I have noticed my drinking style is, is I like to go right to that family owned and operated vineyard. I want to know who's making the bubbles. Luc Belair, their French bubbly is not only delicious and it's drinkable for any occasion, like a cozy night in, a birthday party, a special anniversary. A family of six generation winemakers oversee the pro- production of each bottle. This is not just some churn and burn baby. It is literally people with their families using their hands to make one of my absolute favorite sparkling rosés ever. Again, go to lukebelair.com slash absolutely for 30% off your order. Happy sipping. Chris, let's talk about how we know each other. We met 12 years ago. Yeah, almost 12 years ago. It's wild. So nuts. Yeah. We were slinging, you know. Working at restaurants in Hell's Kitchen on 9th Avenue. Y'all, we literally, Heather and I would, I feel like we've never made such good money in our lives also though. That was the most cash heavy flow. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like two super tampons, cash heavy flow. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was always so afraid that we were going to walk up 9th Avenue and get mugged and just Uh make some homeless man's life. But remember the drag queens used to walk me home. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Y'all, there was a restaurant on 43rd and 9th Avenue. It doesn't exist anymore. It was so nice. The food was amazing. Heather and I became passionate about wine and like the finer things in life, right? The finer things in life that you can put in your mouth, basically, that you can eat. It was just so fun. It was so great. And yeah, we made it a killing. We would work a double Saturday. Yeah. We would go eat at Renaissance Diner, which also doesn't exist anymore. Because New York is just literally ruining memories. There's a Panda Express where the Renaissance Diner used to be. Panda Express. And then we would sleep for four hours. We would cuddle and fart in bed together Mm -hmm. in your Mm -hmm. apartment on 50th Street. Yeah. And then we would wake up at 8 a.m. and work a brunch shift. And made $1,200 cash. Yeah. And not think twice about it. Oh, God. Them were the days. Those were the days. And we would dream of, we would dream about, about what, doing we're what we're doing, doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, God, can you imagine like being on Broadway? Can you imagine winning a Tony Award? Can you imagine writing a script for a sitcom, Heather? Like all of this stuff that's happening now. And now we're like... <laughs> and now we're yeah. freaking the fuck yeah. out at the Borgata. Like, why can't I get something that won't give me diarrhea? <laughs> yeah. Where are the simple joys of... <laughs> Being 21 and carefree. You know, it's a learning process. And that's and skinny. Yeah, and we were so thin. Fuck, we were so thin. You know, the biggest thing is I'm just trying to learn as I go. And I feel like I've been such a guinea pig and exposed so much of my life to show people like this is what's going on. And that's why I think the people who follow me are so dedicated and excited because yeah. it's not like, a, I'm not just out of the gate being like, I'm Heather McMahon and I'm successful. Like right. a lot of celebrities, yeah. they're following and I even hate to wor- right. use the word celebrity, but a known comedian. They've been following me since the beginning. So they're since like- Since you were root- scrubbing to- toilets. Yeah, so yeah. they're fucking rooting for me, which is amazing. But I also want to be very open and honest about what it's like to figure out yeah. this new this new life. Right, right. Because it's crazy. I think it's so interesting that we have social media now and- yeah. The struggle and the hustle to get to where you are yeah. is now chronicled. Whereas you look at, if you go back in time, and I've 
working with Heather and researching producing this show and producing a comedy show, I went back and saw all of these documentaries about Ellen DeGeneres. How, how did she get started? And Whoopi Goldberg and you know their struggles in comedy as women. Yeah. And as women in the 70s and 80s trying to make it. And like, I wonder if we had more insight into their struggle. Like if social media had existed, all of the shit that those women went through, that comedians yeah. went through in general, but specifically the women in comedy, you know? Oh, it, and there are little clips of them yeah. like playing these shitty underground clubs in like Topeka, Kansas. God bless you, everyone that's in Topeka, yeah, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, just struggling. And like, I think it's been amazing to watch your your journey. And we've gotten to watch it, which is cool. I think the coolest thing that was even said to me on at any part of this tour so far, we were playing kind of like a good old boys comedy club in Charlotte. And Charlotte was one of my absolute favorite shows. Yeah, awesome. Charlotte, I will come back anytime. You guys were so fucking rad. Right. And a lot of these comedy clubs, you know, we're playing a mixture of bigger theaters now, but still some clubs. Mm-hmm. A lot of these comedy clubs, it's a good old boys game. It's yeah. a bunch of old Southern dudes who yeah. own all these clubs yeah. across the country. I own 42 clubs. Right. You ever want to come down to Nassau? Bahamas, I got a Zanies down there. Yeah, hey, like, I'll, I'll play a Zanies any day. Yeah. And so I'm like standing backstage with two of the club owners and they're these older guys and like, hey, I just want to say, uh, we've never seen so many women coming out to yeah. these shows. This yeah, is fucking amazing. cool. So for me, I had that moment where I was getting, not that I need respect from these older guys, right. but it just kind of reminded me You've of like, made it. I, I had and a you're moment. in that circuit, yeah. Yeah, and having a moment almost like, it's like one of my dad's buddies telling me like, hey kid, you're actually, uh, you're doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. It was that moment where I was like, as long as I'm getting women out to shows and being able to bring people joy and showing people to like take time for yourself and be entertained and have some fun then I'm doing my job. I think also, I mean, what the club owners in Nashville told us and we were at a Zany's in Nashville. Which Zany's is the fucking best. It was so amazing. A lot of the club owners there, they were like, you have brought a new audience into this club. Right. And now you have put us on the map to a new demographic. Right. And that's what's amazing. It's like, I'm getting goosebumps on my leg right now. But Mm -hmm. like, in the world of show, it's like bringing new people to a new medium. Like how many people listening right now went to the Zanies show in Nashville and were like, I didn't even know Zanies the comedy club existed. Right. And now you put that club on the map for, we played to 800 people, you know, over two shows. Right. It's just, it's awesome. And Heather, you're doing right. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it, but trying not to have a panic attack. And doing the Lord's work. I, but I will say thank you for everybody who sent me your tips and tricks on the anxiety. I think really and truly my body has not had a break. And somebody sent me a message that just made so much sense. They're like, Heather, you almost fucking died on an airplane. Yep. You then went and entertained 30 people in Italy, which That's I had right. the time of my life. Right. I ate your back, body weight in pasta though. Ate my also. body weight in pasta. Yeah. I came back with a horrible sinus infection and then I went right on the road. Yeah. At no point in the last month and a half. In the ha- winter. And in the winter. winter. Yeah. At no point in the last month and a half have I had a single day off, a yeah. full day off I know. to just sit. Right on my couch and let my body heal and not have a panic attack. Cause you need to clear the room to take a shit. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. 100%. <laughs> clear the room. Clear the room. Exactly. But well, it's I have true. to say, can we talk about yeah. our favorite thing when we drive and when you have yeah. a panic attack, come on, what do we do? We, we turn on gospel. We gospel turn on Kirk music. Franklin stomp Kirk Franklin, a little Brooklyn tabernacle choir. Like, Let me tell you, just it, get our praise on it. You have to get your praise on. And if you believe in a higher power, surround yourself with people who have the same belief in the Lord as you. Yeah. I'm telling you, Chris and I have been friends forever, but he knows he can see it in my eyes where I'm like, I'm getting overwhelmed. He puts on a little gospel and we praise. We, we have praise. a praise party in yeah, the corner. Praise party. You got to You got to invite the Lord into the room. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. He's able. 
able. <laughs> yes, he is able. Yeah, he's able. And then we always, you know, our little moment, everybody has your traditions. What your is little ritual. Your ritual. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Your ritual. We always say a little prayer before you go on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is going to sound like probably the most pretentious thing I've ever said, but I have realized what I do is not about me. Right. It is about getting somebody yeah. out of whatever the fuck they're going through yeah. to think about something else. Well, I'm having a panic attack. You help me get through it. My job as a comedian is to help you quit thinking about what's what's hard in your life and to laugh at something yeah. else. So it's not about me. Like it's my about butt. the Lord. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Lord with the T. Right. Make me forget that my butt is leaking and my colon is oh, disintegrating. God. Yeah. Okay. We have to touch on it just for a second because I feel like we really need to justify why Baltimore was so fucking triggering. Oh, man. Yeah. And then I want to talk to you about the Tonys. Yeah. Okay. Baltimore. How do you even begin? We roll up into town and listen, I am sure that there are awesome spots in Baltimore. The show was amazing. I had the so much fun. Great. The venue was fantastic. Yeah. But Baltimore in general was like yeah. terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. it was absolutely terrifying. It was, if anybody ever wants to produce and film a zombie apocalypse <laughs> movie, we have found the city for you. We, yeah. Yeah. And we were staying at a beautiful Marriott. Yeah, we had a really but, nice hotel. Like we, we show up, there was a, some sort of brawl between two, I think, heroin addicts. Uh -huh, yeah. When we were getting our car from valet to leave, the same brawl was happening. Right. New set of people, same block of heroin. Exactly. It, it was- yeah. The craziest thing, Heather, people had been messaging Heather about the heroin lean. We yeah. leave the show, we're driving out of the club and back to the hotel, and we turn the corner and we literally see it. The guy with the heroin lean. Yeah, it's basically like he's walking straight, uh -huh. but his body is at, what would you say, like a 45 yeah. degree angle? It's almost like he had a stroke. Yeah. And he's trying to like hobble and he was in the dead center of the street. Eyes completely glazed over. When we saw that, I was like, oh yeah, zombies. He looked this like is a character lane. from that Will Smith movie where he's the only survivor in Manhattan. <laughs> and then all of those zombies come out after the sun goes down. Yeah. He was one of those characters. You know, you're in a challenging city when the people from that city message you. One lady was like, listen, I'm born and raised Baltimore. I have my own business here, but just stay inside. Yeah. I think there was only Lock one person doors. who was like, fuck you. Like, I can't oh, believe you talk shit about Baltimore. Somebody unfollowed all of us. Great. She unfollowed Bye. you. She unfollowed me. She unfollowed Bye. Tim. She unfollowed Tina. And she was like, watch your back. Don't fuck with my city. <laughs> We're going to come for you. So I'm just like, we're going to be in Portland, Oregon next month. And someone's going to be stabbed. like, you fucked with Baltimore. <laughs> bam, bam. You know. Or she just throws Old Bay seasoning in her eyes. Like we actually get pepper sprayed. That was another thing. It's Patrick from Starbucks. Yeah, it's he Patrick from Starbucks. throws a venti on me. We tried to get food. We could not get food anywhere. That's the thing. Yeah. When you fuck with our food, that's yeah. when we start to stress. I try to go to the Whole Foods. What? you Look me dead in my eyes, Chris. What Whole Foods doesn't, doesn't have, have a fucking a hot, hot bar? Or even a deli where I can get a sub? Like, why was there nothing? I don't, then what's the point of the We Whole couldn't Foods? get to the sweet greens because yeah. it was being remodeled. remodeled. The, the kava was like a slam brunch. It wasn't like a fast casual. Yeah. And, and I love the suggestions. When we come to your and town. And you had to take a ferry boat to get to the Chipotle. Yeah, we had to take a ferry boat. When people send us suggestions, we are not just whining and dining. If we have a night off, then we can go for a nice dinner. That's like right. we had yeah. a beautiful dinner last night at the Whitfield here in Pittsburgh. But everyone thinks that I just roll into town and I'm just going to like hit the clubs. Right. It does not work, it that, does way. Not work that way. We're like, we need something like a kava a sweet green, mm -hmm. somewhere we can get something decent a to hold us, a vegetable yeah. to hold us over. Yeah. So then I'm like, fuck this. We couldn't find parking. It was a whole fucking situation. I'm like, let's just get to the Whole Foods. And then when you walk in and the only thing that they have warm there is just a thing of tofu. I panicked. I was like, this is it. We got to get out of here. Then we come out. The zombies are attacking yeah, us. They are. 
And then when people would bring us gifts, we got some of the most lovely gifts. But I asked, I said, do they just put Old Bay on everything? everything. Yeah, they the do. cookies at the Four Seasons. We did not uh-huh. stay at the Four Seasons, but no. we went there because it was the only place that had late night food. Right. The cookies. Did you notice that? The chocolate chip cookies had Old Bay seasoning on them. Stop it. Yeah, that was their specialty. That's crazy. What was that cake that that fucker tried to okay, push this on us? Guy, oh, first of all, first of all, we went into the restaurant at the Four Seasons. There was a country western band in the restaurant of the Four Seasons at full one hundred. They were at a hundred. It was so freaking loud we couldn't handle it. But the waiter was such a jerk, also. And he, I was like, "Sir, do you have like a warm brownie? That's what I need right now to comfort my life. A warm brownie with ice cream." He's like, "No." We have a 28-layer cake called... I don't even know what... It was the bay cake. The bay cake or something. That thing was so fucking dry. Oh, so dry. A dry sponge. It was drier than the air in the Borgana. Yeah. Atlantic City. Y'all. It was rough. These cities coming up. We need you to embrace us. Give us a hug. We need a hug. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, at the Long Island show was the first show out the gate. And I'm not going to lie. So this adorable, <laughs> sweet mom was there with her daughter and she came up to the meet and greet. And I'm going to get for Clem saying it. She said, I got to be honest with you. I had no idea who you were. And my daughter brought me and you just remind me so much of a young Joan Rivers. And I literally started to weep. It's a God moment. It was a God moment. Yeah. Because I asked before the show, I said, dad, I need to know that you're with me on this leg of the tour. We asked for a sign. We asked for a sign. And I just held this mom and I started crying. I was like, you don't know how much I needed to hear that. Right. I have just, I'm so worn out. I feel so physically exhausted. I needed to hear this. And that every time I'm like getting like to a space where I'm like, okay, can we do this? I'm, uh, can we do this? I'm like, yeah, fucking Joan did it. I can do it. She did. She did it when she was 60 and 70 and whatever. Right. And she did it in the 50s and 60s when there was no space for women. And when you were actually the only way you could like get to the next place was by hanging onto the back of a semi truck. (laughs) Can you imagine Joan Rivers full fur, diamonds, pearls, hitchhiking on like I-95 being like, got a gig in Hartford, Connecticut. (laughs) Give me a ride. I don't know what your love language is, but my love language is not giving gifts. I'm the worst gift giver. I never know what to get people. I get very uncomfortable when I receive gifts. My love language is like fine dining. It's coming up on the holiday season. I've got to figure out what to get the important people in my life. I have found the coolest website ever. I'm literally obsessed. Uncommon goods. Let me tell you what. If you're like me and you never know what the F to get anybody, go to uncommongoods.com. I got these custom made coasters. They're like these thick, heavy coasters made out of, I would guess, cement or marble with photos, almost like my Instagram snapshots with like my funny phrases that I'm giving out to all of my friends. Like I got a bunch for Ray that say like, you know, thick neck, thin ankles with my photos on it. Uncommon Goods is just the coolest website full of the most unique, handcrafted, thoughtful, thought provoking gifts. Let me tell you something. If you need like a badass cheese board, if you're like, I want to give somebody who loves to host the best gift, go to uncommongoods.com. They have these cheese boards that are like in the neatest shapes that have these little cutouts that you can throw all sorts of accoutrements on. I'm obsessed with these homestake candles. They're called homesick. So like I got all of my friends who live in New York for Christmas. I got them the homesick candles from each of their home states because it's enough to live in New York already. Why not at least have it smell like Texas or Florida or Georgia or wherever the hell you're from? Listen, if you want to check out uncommongoods.com to get a really amazing gift for somebody that you love. All you have to do is discover your new favorite thing on their website. I'm offering my listeners an exclusive deal on your first purchase. Just go to uncommongoods.com backslash absolutely and you'll receive 
$5. That's right. $5 off your first purchase. That's uncommongoods.com slash absolutely to receive $5 off your first purchase. Literally anything you could ever think of, they've got it. Get your coasters, get your cheese plates, get your custom cups. All of the good gifts are on uncommongoods.com. Now back to the podcast. Listen, Pittsburgh, y'all though are cute. Yeah. I love it here. I love it here. It's warm. People are friendly. Yeah. Chris and I, because it's just nice. It's nice. I feel comfortable. Yeah. I don't feel like, Ooh, there's going to be a rat that jumps out of somewhere and attacks my neck. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh, we're here for it. And I'm so excited for the show. And, and where else we're, we're hitting Columbus. We're hitting Kansas city city. Uh, then Sa- where do we go? St. Louis. St. Louis. Louis. Yeah. So Saint many. Louis I love. Saint I have cool so town. many friends in St. Louis. It's a cool town. A lot of kids from Ole Miss. I can't wait to see it, my whole crew. I've never been to St. Louis. I'm so thrilled. Yeah, it's a cool town. It really, really Meet me is. in St. Louis, baby. Ding, ding, ding. With, with the, the trolley. trolley. Is that Meet Me in St. Louis? No. No. Oh, fuck. Y'all, I'm a bad Broadway person. I don't know my, my show tunes. All right, enough about my tour. I really, Chris, want people to understand kind of, you know, we've been, we've been hustling and struggling in a parallel sense. You won a Tony this year. I did, yeah. Listen, guys, so you have to champion for your friends. When he won a Tony, I just lost my shit. This is so exciting. Like, this is what you have dreamed of. Yeah. Tell us about what that experience was like and, um, and what kind of, what that Broadway world is like. Yeah, well... Winning the Tony this year, it was just... So I'm 33. It's my Jesus year, right? Yes. That's how old Jesus was when yes. he... Hallelujah. Gave it all, right? Mm-hmm. So you're 33 year Jesus year. A lot of things happened for me this year. I opened two shows on Broadway. Both were nominated for Tonys. I won one. I won uh, Best New Play for The Ferryman, which is a... Good Irish play. Yeah, it's a good Irish play. So good. It was amazing. You know, on a, you know, I know you vision board. On my vision board, I think like my ninth grade year, it was like, what do you want to do when you're 30? Like there was one of those projects, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wrote, I want to win a Tony Award when I'm 30. And you fucking did it, doggy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, But it was one of those surreal moments where I was sitting in Radio City Music Hall. It's packed. Every celebrity on the planet is there. And we get to my category for Best New Play and they call my show. And running up on stage at Radio City, I'm going to cry right now. Yeah, It was just like, you look down and I look down and the people looking back at you like... The, the person that I could spot was Anna Wintour. <laughs> she had, she was sitting right next Out to of Hugh all the Jackman. People, uh, well, cause she has yeah. that perfect bob and right. then giant sunglasses. It's 10 PM at night in New York city. And she has giant sunglasses on in radio city. And it was like Meryl Streep was down there and I was on stage accepting award. Just a kid award. from Duncanville, Texas. Duncanville, Texas. Yeah. It was, it was all my dreams coming true. Yeah. It was amazing. But now it's like the pressure of like, okay, I got to do it again. Right. Is that it? No, I've got to do it again and again and again. But it was great. I mean, literally every day of my life for the past year has been in a Broadway theater. And the cool thing about like how your journey has begun is you were a performer. Yeah. So I you went to NYU. NYU for music theater. Right. That was my degree. I got a music theater degree. And I spent my first year and a half really being successful in performing. It's how I met Christina. We did Hairspray together. I was on the road doing Sound of Music. But you know what? I feel like as a theater performer... I was just a worker bee. And I was like, right. oh, I need to be the boss. Right. Like I was looking around my world at the age of 21 and being like, who is running this show? Right. Okay, it's the producer. I didn't know what the producer did, but I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who's actually counting the cash at That's the end right. of the day and putting it in the bank account. Yeah. Putting it in my pocket. 
Yeah, exactly. And I try and give people who reach out to me like, Heather, how do I get in comedy? I'm like, listen, if you can handle people telling you no for the rest of your life until 20 years later, you get a yes. Then I say, stay in front of the camera, stay on stage. Yeah. But if you can figure out a way in a supporting role, that's the smart thing. Exactly. You are so fucking talented. You're a better producer because yeah. as a performer, you see the bigger picture. Yeah. Chris, I could not do this tour. I could not do my show without you. Thank you. You know me as a person, yeah, obviously, for right. so long. You can help me even like think of the jokes before they come out of my mouth because right. we have the same sensibility. We do. Yeah, but yeah. you're also a performer. Yeah. You know the lights. Like I'm big picture, but I'm also like, I need to be in that moment. Yeah. And you are so good at what you do. And look, you Thank want to fucking Tony. It's crazy. The grind of performing is not glamorous. No, it's not. People think being in front of the camera is glamorous. No, it's fucking. No, when you have to roll into a theater and everybody, you know, people sending us messages two hours before the show starts and they're like, come to the bar and do a shot. I'm like, I'm setting lighting cues and making sure the video works. Right. And like making sure Heather has a safe place to poop. (laughs) Like, there's no time. We're it's literally someone in Atlantic City. I was like, do you think Heather's just like at the craps table and I have to run out there and be like, girl, you're on in five minutes. Yeah. Like we're backstage building the show. I don't you know? know what people think I do. They think I'm down at Hooters, yep. sucking down wings, yeah. just yeah. getting as much acid reflux as I can <laughs> before I go and do a 90 minute show. And then you just run on stage and it happens and then you run back to Hooters. Pay the tab. Yeah. People get very upset when yeah. we don't go out with them yeah. afterwards. I'm like, I just gave everything I could. I basically played my football game. Right. Yeah. I did my Super yeah. Bowl and now my body has to rest. You know what's crazy? Okay, my first Broadway show that I produced called The Great Comet of 1812. Such a good show. Josh Groban. It was so amazing. It was groundbreaking, blah, 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 blah. But we had doctors with the ensemble people like put monitors on their body while they did the show. And they basically said from the physical impact to the amount of anxiety, everything, yeah. that it's the same as playing a full football game and getting hit, like getting tackled. Like wow. that's what happens to your body when you perform emotionally and physically. Right. Because you're just giving so much in the way that your body reacts to being able to produce that, to produce the emotion, to produce the animation, all of that. Right. Is the same as getting tackled for four hours. Well, when I come off stage, I'm, you know, I fully soaked through my shirt. Yeah, you're drenched. I'm fully soaked through my my show jacket. Yeah. Pussy's definitely a little, a little <laughs> Sorry, yeah. yeah. And I literally come off and even Jeff the other night was like, oh, girl. I know. You good? I'm like, yeah. no, because I've given everything. everything. Got to tell you off. And then yeah. it takes like two hours for me to come down, like right. an hour for the adrenaline to come down. And then for me to really just like, like when I get in bed, it feels like I got hit. I know. Yeah. In the best way possible. When I'm performing, I, I just, I'm truly. You do get in the zone. I get in I the watch zone. you. So in Baltimore, a lot of the times I watch from the front because I'm controlling the video and everything. But this time I was just to the side of you. Right. Just literally. And you weren't feeling great that night. No. You walk on stage and the second you get out there and see the crowd and see the lights and blah, blah, blah. You get in that zone and it's like you have zoned in. Yeah. And it's almost out of body, right? I mean, I oh, remember, for sure. I haven't performed in a long time, but I remember that just you start the show, you're like, God, I feel like crap. Or like the anxiety of, can I do this again? And then you get out there and do it and it happens and you're so in the zone, it's out of body. And then you leave the stage and you're like, wait, did I just do it? I came off stage during the Baltimore. Like you black out a little bit, right? Yeah, I came off the stage during the Baltimore set and I looked at Christina who's helping me do a quick change. I said, Christina, I like... I'm I'm really struggling right now, right, right, and because I I've been fighting the sinus infection, I I couldn't catch my breath, and she was like, "You got this, you got this." And we I'm were like, also afraid for our lives in that city. We were, <laughs> yeah. 
Gosh, I mean, we were coming off food poisoning from the Borgata. So all of us had like hot fire diarrhea. We all have sinus infections. And then literally, but she was like, you got this. And then I got back out on stage and I took a deep breath and I was like, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do it. And I had so much fun. Yeah. I love what I do. And you're so good at what you do. And I think it's just the coolest thing. It's a very, call me cheesy. It's a very God thing Yeah, where we have been through so many different facets of our life, yet it all comes together full circle for us to be able to do this together. I know. Well, it's so crazy. When you left New York, you moved to LA for years. Yeah. I wouldn't say we lost touch, but like we have always been, I think from the day that we met, we've seen each other, spoken to each other every single day. Yeah. You moved to LA. We didn't talk every single day. But the couple of times that I went out there and visited you and you came to New York, it was like we had never left each other. Right. And then here we are through all of that. Like literally, I mean, there's a lot of people helping us now. Right. You and I made this show. Yeah. It's just us. I mean, for the first leg, for the first, what was it? 15 days. It was just you and I. Yeah. In a car. In a car. Singing show tunes. (laughs) And gospel gospel. praises. It's the Broadway gospel. Listen, all I want to say is if, you know, no matter what business you're in, just keep good people around you. That's right. Keep people around you who can look you dead in your eyes and say, listen, you little baby back bitch. You're about to get on stage. You may have hot fire diarrhea, but you got this. And if you poop your pants, you just be (laughs) honest with the audience. And guess what? They'll go, thank you for living your truth. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Chris, this is so exciting to see just how your career is taking off in a way and Thank how you've you. been able to support me and how we're just kind of building now shit we're doing together. It together. It's That's so it wild. Is. Yeah. I've done the Tony thing. You've been in LA and now we're doing it together and we are putting our minds and our talents and our passions together to build an empire. Oh my gosh. Oh. You guys, we're the next Jay-Z and Beyonce. No, no, no. I'm Beyonce. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, you do have a better body than me. No, so you have big fucking calves. Yo, my calves right now are huge. Chris actually has the largest calves you've ever seen in your life. It's like two baby donkeys, four legs. And they're solid. They're full solid. They're a rock. It doesn't yeah. help that you put on Argyle striped socks to My accentuate. Banana Republic factory outlet socks that your mom bought me. Yeah. I feel like everything that I wear now, Robin has bought me. Yeah, because we love an outlet. Yeah, yeah. Robin has taken me shopping three or four times in the last two or three months. And every time she just makes fun of me. I'm like, Robin, can I get that shirt? Like, she's like, Chris, it's so slim fit. I don't know who you're kidding. You're not kidding me. You're not buying that slim fit shirt. Honey, if you think an extra large is a slim fit, you're out of your goddamn mind. Remember she (laughs) FaceTimed us? Where were we? I, maybe we were in Atlanta, but she FaceTimed us and she was like, Chris, you want this shirt? It says slim fit. And I was like, yeah, that sure looks great. It's an XL. I can get into it. And she was like, I don't think so. So then she hangs up with me. She texts you a picture of the shirt and she's like, do you think Chris is going to fit his sausage body into this? I mean, I'm trying to help the kid out. He can't do this. And then she sends the same picture to me and she's like, are you sure, Chris? I mean, it says slim fit. I was like, Robin, I get it. It says slim fit. I sent you my measurements. Just see if they equal line up. Yeah. Get a gift receipt. If it doesn't fit, I'll say you're right and we'll return it. This is why no matter what happens in my life, my biggest critic is my mother and she will constantly keep me humble. She will tell you there's no way you're fitting into a slim fit shirt. There's no way. I don't know how you're going to pay American Express bill. I don't care if you had a full panic attack, you have pneumonia, you you lost a leg on the road. You better get up on that stage because guess what? I'm not paying your friggin' bill. Like that is it. The driving force that keeps me going is y'all. And then the fact that I have a crazy quarter Jewish mother behind me. Robin sends you invoices. Oh, literally sends me invoices. You have to send me a check for this Amex bill right now. Between Jeff and my mother now, it's like, guess who's paying for our Christmas trip? Your girl is. Yeah, me. Six months ago. You should ride in first and put them in steerage and be like, (laughs) now you know who's paying the bills, bitches. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) 
And honestly, and honestly, my dad would want it that way. I feel like my dad keeps sending me signs from above. He's like, Heather. And here's the thing. Everybody underestimated me. Not well. I think they just didn't realize how long this was going to take. And my dad used to always be like, whenever you don't want to do acting, like you can roll out of this, babe. You can roll out of this. I'll help you in the mortgage business. Right. But I think my dad now, like I just feel his presence sometimes where he's like, fuck him. I know. Put your mom in cargo. Let her know what's good. You did it, kid. You did it on your own. Yeah, you're wearing the pants now. Yeah, I'm wearing the pants. Have you told on the podcast the thing about your dad and the check? It's one of my favorite stories on planet Earth. I don't think I have. It makes me weep like a little child. I haven't. You have to tell the people. Wow. If you're comfortable. No, I feel comfortable. Okay. So I think it was well, this like... This is amazing. This is a dreams coming true. This is God is watching you. This is... Yeah. You're living in the place that God... Your purpose. You're living in your purpose that God created you for. My parents were really giving me shit, you know, about eight years ago. Yeah. I think it was about eight years ago. And, you know, was waiting tables and hustling and working at a gym and doing all the... Gl- but your dad was giving you shit for like being like, you cannot pay your rent, right? Yeah, and I mean, him having to like help you and you Yeah, know, Kyle was basically money. like, hey, I don't know how how to tell you, but you need to learn how to survive because you're right. working six jobs right. and you're going to turn your lights off tomorrow. Yeah, right, right. So I wrote a check to my dad one Christmas and I framed it because actually Jim Carrey had done this. He'd uh-huh. written a check though, I think to himself yeah, for a million dollars and yep. he dated it a certain date. And he was able to cash it on that date. I have written myself a check, no check to, to my dad. dad, and I gave it to him for Christmas, and it was for twenty twenty Christmas twenty twenty Christmas so twenty twenty. Right and literally, it's framed. And my mom found it, and she was like, "Heather, do you remember writing dad this check? I mean, I don't know if I can still cash it because he's fucking dead. Right, right. <laughs> you can endorse it over to yourself, right? But the yeah. sentiment is, I basically wrote it down years ago, knowing that I was going to do this. Twenty twenty was your year, and or I com- ramping up to twenty twenty, and I yeah. completely forgotten about it, and my mom called me the other day and we were FaceTiming and she showed it to me and I just fucking lost my shit because I feel that God he makes you go through shit so that you understand appreciate and respect what's happening to you when it happens that's right if I didn't struggle if it was easy yeah one I wouldn't have any material yeah two I wouldn't be a grounded person right and listen I ain't made a million dollars yet but my goal for next year is to do that that's the goal next year million bucks but you guys, you have to write it down. It's a manifest thing. It's yeah. a vision board thing. When you actually physicalize or speak those things, yeah. I mean, it's just so crazy when they actually do come to fruition. You write down eight years ago, 10 years ago, $1 million, December 25th, 2020. And when that stuff starts happening or where you can see it yeah. materializing... Oh my God. It feels so far away when you do it. Yeah. But then... And impossible. Like, oh, okay, completely this, impossible. It, maybe even it was a joke. But then when it happens, you're like, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I Goosebump. Yes. Got a goosebump, Lord. I got a little chill all the way down to my cold brew. Give God a hand clap. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah. That's such a sweet story. Yeah. I love that so much. But you know what? That's life. And I think that God always has these moments where he's just like, hey, he one always keeps me humble. But then two, he's like, I got you. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, my my girl, Bette Midler said, Mm -hmm. God is watching us from a distance. Okay, that was off key. No. (laughs) Cut that. Yeah, edit that. Also, Tim, Christina, and Chris, the three people that I have holding me up, holding my hand on this door, had the most beautiful voices. So I think I'm going to make y'all come on stage and do some acapella moments. Oh my gosh. Let's have a glee moment. And then you come in and you're like, kind of off key. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. swing low, sweet chariot. I have two keys. I have down here or yeah. like yeah. up there. 
Yeah, like okay, a dying I'm, cat. I'm, yeah, literally. <laughs> Rest in peace, Goldie. Oh, Wait, oh, way to bring Goldie. it up. Goldie, I'm sorry. It's okay, Chris. Should we answer calls? Are yes. we at our time? All right, no, 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 we're going to get there. Okay, yeah. so we're going to hop on over to the absolutely not line. Again, this is a safe space for you to call in and let us know how you're feeling, what's going on in your life. Again, our absolutely not of this podcast episode is Baltimore. Baltimore. Mine today is Patrick at Starbucks in downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. <sighs> Mine is anxiety attacks, yeah. panic attacks. But guess what? Because I have the strength of the Lord. Amen. We're going to rebuke it. Hallelujah. You know, I'm on the road. And if I want to go out and have a couple of drinks with my gals, hit that Chardonnay shard so hard, bitches want to fight me. I'm not drinking unless I've got my best friend, DHM Detox. DHM Detox is my go-to drinking buddy. It's a supplement that I take when I'm out having a couple cocktails so that I don't end up with the Sunday scaries. I physically cannot handle a wasted day. It is too much for me. I'm getting old. I'm feeling aches in my bones that I've never felt before. And a hangover does not help. Basically what DHM Detox detox does is here's the deal. It's science. You take two capsules after your first couple of drinks and it helps break down the toxins in your body that make you feel like shit from alcohol, plain and simple. It's got antioxidants. And really what it does is it breaks down that byproduct of alcohol that eventually gives you that horrible hangover. I'm obsessed with DH detox. It's kind of like a mindless thing. Like I just throw the little capsules in my purse. And then after I've started drinking, I take two and I feel like a new person the next day. I cannot speak highly enough about this product. Listen, we're just getting too old for hangovers. Sunday scaries have got to go. Here's a cool thing. You can try DHM Detox for 20% off. They also now have free shipping on all orders in the US. So that's a plus. Just go to dhmdetox.com and use promo code absolutely at checkout. Again, that's D as in David, H as in Heather, M as in McMahon, D-E-T-O-X.com. Type in the code absolutely for 20% off your order. And listen, if you have any questions about what's in the product or you need a little bit more of a breakdown, just message them at dhmdetox on Instagram. So many of y'all have listened to the podcast and reached out and said that it literally is like helping you get through those next days. I love a Sunday fun day. I love to go out and drink, but I can't be hungover the next day. And you won't be with dhmdetox.com, baby. Now back to the podcast. All right, let's get to the voicemails. Hi, Heather. This is Zoe from your favorite place, New Jersey. And I just want to say absolutely not to my ex-boyfriend who decided we should break up a month after signing a 12-month lease. So I'm stuck with this ding dong, as you'd say, and trying to escape and just thought uh, I'd let you know about that and see what you thought, because I think it's crazy. Okay. Love you. Bye. Zoe. Oh, my God. Absolutely friggin not. Oh, my God, Zoe. Yeah. I'm so pissed for Zoe. I am fuming. I can't. I, I literally, my tits are on fire. <laughs> I want to know this guy's name and what truck stop off the turnpike he works at so we can go and fuck him up. I'm about to fuck him up. Yeah. I will go back to New Jersey just to fuck him up. We just survived Atlantic City and Baltimore, Zoe. We are in fight mode for you, girl. <laughs> we are in fight or flight. He made you sign a year lease and then one month in is like, oh, I'm not, not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. You signed on the dotted line, dickhead. Let me tell you something about living in New York City. It is so hard to find good apartments that people will literally break up. They will divorce and still cohabitate. That's right. Because, because it's of so the apartment hard. situation. Because of the apartment situation. I can't even imagine what it's like in New Jersey. It's kind of a wasteland. Can I say that? Does he have you in Secaucus? Oh my God. If they're in Secaucus. I will. Dead as a doornail. I'll burn the whole city down. They're probably in Nutley, New Jersey. Shut the fuck like up. Like a condo in Nutley. Zoe, we're coming for you, girl. Oh my gosh. You know, this just reminds me of how awful some people can That's be. That's right. 
I like to get up every day and think that the majority of humankind are good. Are mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And then you meet people. What, what do we want to name this guy? Mike? Mike. Hey, Mike. <laughs> you know what you owe Zoe? Yeah. 11 months worth of rent, I was going to say, bitch. security deposit. Security. First and last month's rent, Mike. Times 11. Times 11. Oh my gosh. So and what, it, if, what if Mike just wake up one day and he's like, oh, you know what, Zoe? I just feel like it's hey, not Zoe? working out. Uh, good morning. You know what? The 11 months coming up, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, dog. Now, Zoe, my question is, are you keeping the apartment? That's what I want to say. Zoe, you should have moved back in with your mom. Yeah. Just for a good old time and been like, you know what, Mike? Figure it out. You got $24,000 ahead of you into this place for the next year. And then what I would also do is go on Mm seekingarrangements.com. Find yourself a zaddy, one that doesn't want to have sex with you, but wants to pay your bills. That's right. And live your truth, Zoe. That's right. Zoe. Find a nice old war vet who just, you know, (laughs) whose wife's passed. He has a good pension from the government. Yes. And he just wants to take you to nice dinners. That's right. You don't even have to look at his penis. No. That's what you need, Zoe. Zoe, we love you. We are rooting for you. And we want you to push Mike down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Is that bad? I'm sorry. I can't say that. I don't think legally we can. Okay. We just do- kidding, Zoe. That was metaphoric. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to like. Do it with your mind. Yeah. Yeah. With your mind. It was metaphoric. But you know what you can do, Zoe? Oh, this is the best. This what? is what you should do. What? If you're moving out of the apartment and he's staying in there, mm-hmm. I want you while he's at work mm-hmm. to go to all of the Ikea furniture. Oh, yeah. And I want you to remove two screws. Two screws. Yeah. Out of each single oh, piece. Fuck. That's good. He'll come home one day. That's good. Set his it's little, little weed. wobbly. Yep. Yeah. He'll set his little weed bowl on the bedside table. <laughs> oh, and then the next thing you know, it fucking crumbles. You think Mike's intelligent enough to no. figure out how to no. put it together? No. I hate Mike. Honestly, I hate him. That is the best fucking revenge ever to one. take out one or two screws out of mm-hmm. every piece of Ikea furniture in right. an apartment. Right. Just take his toothbrush also and like scrub the toilet a little bit. Can you imagine the mind fuck <laughs> if Jeff got went into our apartment and things just started falling apart and Jeff's like a quote unquote engineer. He would be he like, would be what? destroyed. Destroyed. He would be destroyed. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So if you still have the keys, go back into Mike's place, which hopefully you dumped him and left him with. Yeah. And just start taking shit apart. Take take that shit apart. Yeah. Oh and God. leave him with one fork and yeah. one <laughs> right. like like saucer dish, not a real size dish. <laughs> Fuck him up, Zoe. Yeah. Zoe, I'm here for you. I love you. Get out of New Jersey. Come see us in New York. That's yeah. an absolutely not. Now let's get to the next voicemail. What's up, Heather? My girl wanted to call in today and give you a couple absolutely not, but also a couple absolutely yeses that I think you can relate to. My name's Katie and I'm from Wisconsin. So I fainted at work today. I work in a hospital. So just got to get wheeled on down to the ER. So absolutely not to that, but absolutely yes to very kind, funny ER nurses and techs and doctors. I work in healthcare, but not in the ER. And I think that they have one of the hardest jobs. Well, I love you. And Keep doing the Lord's work. Bye, girl. Katie. Wow, Katie. From Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, she said it's so nice. Oh, my name's Katie. Katie. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. To Yes. Medical things just popping up as you get older. You fainted at work. Oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah. Can I say, I think the real issue here are the medical professionals that work in a hospital and are working like 30 hours. Yeah. That's why she passed out. Yeah. Did you sleep? Was your blood sugar low, Katie? 
because you were working a 35 hour shift. Thank you for doing the Lord's work. The Lord's work, yeah. But you hit the deck and you hit it hard. That's scary. You were at the top of the Lido deck and you were below <laughs> <Yeah>. deck. <laughs> shout out, big shout out to the Wisconsin medical professionals who wheeled your sweet ass down to, you know. Shout out to a cruise ship reference. Shout out yeah. to a cruise ship reference, yeah. always. I love a cruise. Right. Apparently, maritime law is a whole situation now that people are just getting raped in the ocean and it's crazy. no one's liable for it. I know. Yeah. I don't know. But wait, Katie, literally the issue at hand is medical professionals who just work way too long. Yeah. When you watch like Grey's Anatomy and they're like, I've been working for 92 hours without a break. And I'm like, who are you really helping the people, the sick people? If you're tweaking on methamphetamines because you have to stay awake. Right. Yeah. This is a question. Why do medical professionals have to work such long shifts? I don't get it. If you're working a hospital shift, those people work forever. I have a friend who is... He is a nurse at what's the very famous hospital in Beverly Hills where like every celebrity oh, has died. Cedar Sinai. Cedar Sinai. He's a nurse there. And he's like, Yeah, I go in for like 40 hours at a time. I'm like, say what? Are there not enough doctors? What's happening? I would yeah. get it if we were in like a third world country, but this is America. Yeah. You're telling me there's not enough doctors? That's right. Well, in third world countries, it's socialist. So it's like you work for four hours and then you have a five-day break. Right, because union rules. <laughs> yeah. Don't get us started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the actors' union. There's right. a lot of things. Anyways. But Katie from Wisconsin, she was probably so exhausted, she just literally passed out. Or if you're like me, like I'm 32 years old, life is fucking great, and now for the first time in my life, I'm having a full-blown panic attack where I almost shit my pants in a Marshall's parking lot. Somebody explain <laughs> that. Riddle me this. And only a Dorito will help you out. And only a... You gotta get a Dorito stat. A, honestly, the spicy chili tie. So Thai good. chili Doritos, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you you know what, Katie? I'm so glad that you gave a shout out to the wonderful medical professionals that are helping you. Absolutely That's not right. for people being overworked. I have said this at the beginning of the podcast and I think this is a great full circle moment. We got to fucking take a t time for ourselves. If you got to go in the back room, do a little downward dog, face down ass up, crop dust the That's outside right. of the building, yeah. let all that yeah. get pinked it out. up gas, get it, out. get it out. Wow. You need a friend also that gives you a timeout. Yeah. That's what, Heather, we should do that to each other. Heather, you need a timeout. I'm mm -hmm. sending you to your hotel room to shut your eyes. You it's, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I've also learned that before the shows, I can't look at Instagram. It oh, gets yeah. me overwhelmed. Yeah. I get excited, but then I'm like, it's just, it's overstimulation. It is. There's too much. You know what, Katie? I want you to do this. I want you to go home. I want mm -hmm. you to close your eyes. Mm -hmm. I want you to put on some golden girls in the background. That's, right. That's ASMR for me. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe a little lavender essential oil on your nostrils. Oh, I have a, f I literally I doused I saw you my, last night my pillows. With the pillows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we did when we were driving yesterday. We were both stopped up, still trying to survive the Borgata. And we put peppermint oil on our nostrils and it cleared us up. It cleared me up. And then put on a little gospel and we were yeah. good to go. Yeah. Katie, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Shout out to the big medical professionals in Wisconsin. Was it Minnesota or it was Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Who were, you know what? Maybe. Keeping Katie safe. Maybe it was too much cheese. We oh. didn't think about that too. And the winter. Why do you live in Wisconsin? Girl, if you lived on the Texas coast or like in Gulfport, Mississippi, you wouldn't have this problem because right. it's not 40 degrees in October. Amen. Negative 40 degrees. Negative. God. God is good. Oh. Katie, you are good. Thank you to the medical professionals who helped Love you. you. Katie. And take a 10 if you need to. Take a 10. Look at the guy who's got one leg who's sitting on the gurney and go, sir, I need a 10. It could be worse, sir. It could be worse, sir. All right, we're going to get to the next voicemail. Hey, Heather, this is Katie from Long Island. My absolutely not is when people go to the farewell tour and they raise their hand to share their absolutely not and they're calling or they're raising their hand to complain 
about their traffic or their seat, that they're facing a wall. What a waste of your time to talk to Heather. Um, Heather loved the show. My husband loved the show, had a great time. Um, Matt Kettner, such a sweetheart. Uh, love everything that you're doing. Katie from Long Island, Strong Island, thank you so much for this voicemail. Let me explain exactly what Katie's talking about. At the Farewell Tour, we have a section of the show called Absolutely Not, where I get to kind of reach out to the audience and hear from y'all. The Long Island Absolutely Nots were so bad to the point where everybody in the audience was actually angry at the people who stood up to do the Absolutely Nots. It was a lot of like traffic things. I've said this before. When you guys call into the Absolutely Not line even... I know when somebody doesn't use their blinker, it's frustrating, but I need to hear like the real gritty things. I want to hear about you fainting at work. I want to hear about your boyfriend kicking you out of the apartment, like things that we can all really connect to. One woman stood up. She's like, absolutely not to the Long Island Railroad. It's a stinky subway car and I'm not here for it. I'm like, okay, man, like transportation, like what do you want me to do? Another woman who I honestly wanted to kick out of the fucking show another woman stood up said she went to my favorite restaurant in Atlanta right. Georgia and the air conditioning was too cold yeah I said is this not the most fucking Long Island thing for you to be bitching about she's like I went to Storico Fresco which is incredible the best the air conditioning was too cold are you fucking kidding ma'am, me ma'am the south let's talk about your radiators in the north being too hot but yeah that's literally what she said she stood up everyone in the audience though there were a thousand people there booed her booed her <laughs> They I were pissed. She got jumped probably in the parking lot. I hope show. not. I hope but not. I kind of was like, ma'am, are you, is this it? This is yeah. what you got? Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. The Long Island people were, I think it's just a thing. Like people in Long Island just like want to complain. complain. That's it. And when I do absolutely not, this is not a podcast of us just bitching. Right. It's us like having a laugh and it's picking making apart, light of making of light. Bad stuff that happens or stupid stuff that happens. Right. Yeah. Because that's an ongoing theme in both Chris and I's life. <laughs> yeah. We're like, all right, how do we turn a sh- shitty situation and right. find some humor in it? Then, okay, guys, I just want you to know, I don't get to pick the venues. If you have a bad seat at a venue, that's up to the venue. You talk to right. the venue. I just come in, do my show, do my thing. This woman stood up and she's like, first and foremost, I'm a big fan of you, Heather. I love you. But I have a terrible seat. My chair is uncomfortable right. and I, I'm looking at a brick wall. And right. I'm like, so then I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to I do? Know. I know. What did and you then, think about that? Well, you know what? It's so funny. Like I'm the one going out in the audience with a microphone and I'm trying to spot the people who's going to be crazy, who's going to be blackout wasted, right. and who's going to say something that we can use and all laugh at, right? Right. And so this woman, she stands up and she's like, I paid for a babysitter for my four kids. Oh, here we go. She's like, and my girl Heather, I came all the way here. From down the street. From down the street. <laughs> and I'm staring at a wall. And I was like, oh ma'am, I'm so sorry. And like, that was the end. When we get to a, like a shitty one like that, where I'm like, okay, you just brought the room down. Then like that segment's over. But then what's so crazy is after the show, we went up to her to be like, Let's buy you a cocktail. I'm so sorry. We looked at her ticket. Her ticket said obstructed view. Ma'am, she, that's the absolutely not. You bought, you purchased <laughs> a cheap obst- ticket. An obstructed view seat. It literally said that when you bought it. Obstructed view. Like, I can't. Long Island, Strong Island. Strong Island. And then this woman at the meet and greet who's just incredible. She's like, let me tell you something right now. Long Island just shit the fucking bed. Yes, yes. This woman came in. Her her energy level was at a 25. Yeah. She was like, I'm running for May of Long Island and was I that, will change that this. Parker? Yes, Ms. Parker. DMs Shout us. out to Ms. Parker. I love her. She's the best. You were so funny and fabulous. She's like, they just shit the fucking bed with those absolutely nots. And yeah. here's the thing. I'm a comedian. Like I love when you guys give me shit, it actually just adds more fuel to my fire. Yeah. But the woman, I can't. Um, my chair's uncomfortable. 
why aren't you guys selling Midori? I would like a like a Long Island iced tea. I'm like, you're in Long Island. Talk to the bartender. I want a DiSorono sour. Yeah. They didn't have it at the bar. It just was so Long Island for yeah. everybody to be in a faux fur being like, um, I'm sorry, but this chair hurts my ass. What are we going to yeah. do about it? I'm like, do you want to sit on the stage? I know. But you know what's so crazy? I mean, obviously, Katie from Long Island calling in and she gave me a shout out. Thank you. I loved meeting you as well. But in a room of 900 people, when five people are unhappy or have something stupid to say, there are 895 other people who are like, sit down, bitch. (laughs) And that's, I feel like for the majority of the Long Island show, like everybody was pretty self-aware and was like, everyone who got the microphone, probably it's my fault. Everyone that got the microphone was a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I had such a, f- I, I will so come fun. back to Long Island anytime. Y'all were yeah. so much fun, but that was just so very Long Island. Listen, listen, I, I paid the babysitter for this. Yeah. That is just like bitching and complaining. Yeah. Janet. Yeah. You for did. your obstructed view seat. You did. I'm so did. sorry about and that. That was your choice, ma'am. Also leave a Yelp review on the venue. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm out here just trying to do my job. <laughs> Janet definitely with the brick wall needs to leave a Yelp review. Absolutely. I, I love that Katie. Thank you for being a good representative of strong Island. And thanks for coming to the show. Oh my with God. With your husband. She said, That's- yes. you know what? I got to be honest with you. Winning over these straight males. Yeah. Is so exciting. It's cool. I get a boner. Yeah. When they get a boner. I know. Do you know what I mean? And it's All not even sexual. And I think even the ones who don't know who you are, they come up and they're like, Heather, I didn't know who you were 45 minutes ago. Right. I'm your biggest fan ever, you know? Because my humor, I'm not just up there telling like vagina jokes. I mean, I do tell some, yeah. but my, I think my humor is universal. Like I'm, I'm just going out and picking apart the layers of things that make us uncomfortable. Life. Life. Literally life. It's fucking life. Yeah. That's what I think lines you up with Joan Rivers. If you watch Joan Rivers documentary, she says life is hard and life is shitty. But yeah. if we can't all just come together and laugh at it, then what are we doing? What and are we that's doing? what you do. Yeah. Everything that happens in life to other people, to yourself, you can't get depressed about it. You just have to take a step back and laugh at it. Like, and what that's the, what we're doing. What else are the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, just laugh at Katie it. Katie from Long Island. I love you. Thanks for calling in. And let's get love to you, the girl. next voicemail. Hey, Heather. This is Mia from Phoenix. And I just wanted to say absolutely yes. You are a pretty fucking clutch person for adding this extra show in Phoenix. I'm really excited. I could not get tickets for the first show. I refreshed 20,000 times. It's not your fault. You're in demand and I'm here for it. You're thriving. I'm like very happy for other people. Another absolutely not. People can't be happy for other people. That's fucked up. You need therapy. I'm really excited. I'm pumped to see you in Phoenix next month. And you are just a clutch ass bitch. And you are resilient AF. And I'm here for it. I love you. Was that too soon? Okay. I feel I need to hang up. Okay. Well, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Bye. Mia from Phoenix. Listen, I love that. You threw in an absolutely not, but you also threw in an absolutely yes. Talk about using the voicemail for good and not evil. Not evil. Here yeah. for it. Hey, thanks for telling me I'm a clutch. What did she say? Clutch, clutch ass, ass bitch. bitch. Fuck yeah. That's a new catchphrase. We're going to put that on a t-shirt. It's Mia. a little, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Clutch ass It's going to be our new bitch. acting warm up before the show. Clutch, clutch ass, ass bitch. bitch. Clutch, clutch ass bitch. <laughs> clutch ass bitch. <laughs> Did I do it? How now, brown cow? Brown cow, brown cow. Brown cow? Yes. Red leather, yellow, yellow leather. leather. Hey, girl, Mia, I'm so fucking here for it. Also, I am thrilled to be coming to Phoenix. We yeah. added a second show. We're pumped for Phoenix. I always find it wild when we're going into these new cities. Like, I know, obviously, I've got a hold of the South because those are my people. Yep. But going out into, like, the, the Midwest. The West, yeah. F- oh, that's not the Midwest. The Southwest. Southwest. Excuse me. Yeah. 
do you think that like eventually I'm going to be somewhere in like Tucson doing something on like a Native American reserve? Like, do you think I could like reach that I think that you're going to be at the nursing home in Scottsdale. <laughs> right, right. Right. That's where you are. And you're going to be like, these are my people. We're all wearing a diaper. I have to clean out Chris's poop bag. And it is what it is. Yeah, we're in Scottsdale. I will tell you this. So a very humbling moment on this tour is when we performed in Atlantic City. We added two shows. So I thought we sold out the the nine o'clock show. So when they're like, we're going to add a second show. Sold it out in like three minutes. It was like record time for them. Which is crazy because I don't know if New Jersey likes me because I talk a lot of shit. Literally, they were like, we're going to add a second show. So Mm -hmm. I'm, of course, thinking we're going to add an 11 p.m. show. Right. Or even a midnight show would have been fun in Atlantic City. They added a 6 p.m. On a Friday. Early bird special show. You called it on stage and I was sitting in the tech booth. I lost it and almost couldn't go on with my job. When you were like, welcome to the happy hour show. I just lost it. It was so funny. Because literally half of the audience, I have a sold out show for the the late night show. Literally half of the audience didn't know who the fuck I was. No. They had gotten free tickets free at the craps table. Free tickets at the craps table. Yeah. So the first two rows is just all elderly. When uh-huh. I say that people were wheeled in on wheelchairs, they were all Walkers, elderly. canes. Yeah. I come out on stage and I like, I'm like, oh my God. Like I run up on stage. I'm like, oh, I'm out of breath. This guy hands me his cane on the front row. <laughs> Fucking hysterical. I actually had such a good time. Yeah. There was like four people in the audience. That's right. That's how God keeps you humble. Yep. And I worked out new material and yeah. had a fucking blast. I think we literally in that show wrote our next show. And I said, I turned to my agent after that show and I go, I want to start doing nursing homes. This is a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Mia, if you know of a good nursing home in, in Scottsdale in your area, yeah. let's do it. Book us. We're here. We're ready. Yeah. We also kind of want to start doing the prison circuit. Yes. Because I do. feel like that's on brand for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because if you didn't know in Tampa. And you think, hold on, for prisons, you think you're not going to get paid and it's volunteer service. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. That's government money. We're going to go get that government money. I mean, if the government owes me anything, it's money. That's right. (laughs) If you owe anyone anything, it's you owing the government money. Yeah, but still, they owe me something. Yeah. Wink, wink. Okay, the other thing that Mia from Phoenix said was, her absolutely not, is when people can't be happy for other people's successes. I hate a grumpy Gus. Oh. Yes. Literally, because I feel like just something that's really Im- embedded in my personality is I like to be everyone's cheerleader. Right. Yeah. But you know, if I'm telling you, you got this, it's because I really fucking mean it. That's I'm not right. going to bullshit you. Right. I have noticed in my career and you have too, when things start going well, people will either mm-hmm. come out of the woodworks that's right. or they'll fucking die by the wayside. That's right. They fall off. They fall off when they're haters. And that's it, Mia. I mean... Yeah, just support each other, you know? This is so hard to make anything happen. I don't care if you're starting a shoe factory right. in the middle of Wisconsin. That's right. You Life open is a bakery. Hard. You open it's a bakery. Hard. You're doing what you've dreamed of doing, and there are going to be some haters. But who has time to be a hater? Do you know what I mean? Who Can has, I tell you? Who has time for that? I have really thought about this long and hard, and yeah. this is a really much bigger world conversation, but I figured out racism. Okay. You ready tell for me. this? Yeah. People who are racist, I'm of what no, you're no. Going to say. people who are racist, sexist, homophobic, any of those yeah, things, just a bigot. Yeah. You know what it is? Hmm. They just have too much fucking time on That's their hands. Right. Oh my gosh. You're telling me. Yeah. You don't have an errand to run. That's right. You don't have to go pick up a rotisserie chicken at Costco. Mm-hmm. You have enough time to sit around and not like somebody because of yeah. the color of their skin. Yeah. You have enough time to harbor hate, to sit in your, it's your own self-lack, I think. You right? don't have a Zumba class to attend. <laughs> I definitely do not. You don't have to go to the post office and yeah. fight over the price of stamps. Yeah. Okay, maybe now you're making me feel bad about giving Patrick at Starbucks a hard time. No, 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 no. I no. had enough time to like front him out about venti cold brews. 
I feel I bad. think maybe you probably could have delivered it in a kinder, softer I way. Have, yeah. Do but, I need to... Okay, the Starbucks is a block away. Do I need to go apologize to Patrick? Honestly... He was wounded. He had to take a break. Honestly, Chris... He had to take a break. Chris, if you want him to be happy for you and to support you, you <sighs> need to support him. I think you need to go back and say, Patrick, I'm sorry I'm on the road right now and yeah. I'm really struggling. I'm sorry I walked in here in a crazy outfit. I'm yeah. wearing a crazy outfit, you guys. I wish you could see me. Yeah. Because you know shorts. what Patrick would yeah. say? You're not doing what Mia said you should do and that's, that's to right. be supportive. supportive. I should have supported him in his lack of of product knowledge at his workplace. You could have said, hey, Patrick, hey, Patrick. buddy. So I'm a Starbucks connoisseur right. and actually you, you can put it in. Okay. Maybe broken it down for him yeah. instead of the sex. Can I tell you something that's crazy? What? I watch every time I order it, I watch, you know, a barista's finger where it's placed on the computer screen. So I could have been like, okay, buddy, you hit the first button up right <laughs> corner and then down low when the second screen pops up, cold brews down low, middle. I could have been like, you hit venti upright, buddy, yep. and then you hit cold brew down down middle. I could have said that because I know it. But instead, Patrick, I'm a psychopath. Yeah, you are an absolutely one hundred percent psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah. But now Patrick's probably in the back sweating. You don't know what's going on in He's his a life. Gen Z, he couldn't handle it. Well, that's another conversation for another it. day. Oh, Mia, Mia, I sh- I should have been supportive of. Patrick's success. You know what, Mia? You really called Chris out for being a brat and we want to thank you for bringing this full circle for us. One, I'm here to support you guys and champion for y'all and thank you for the support that you've shown me by coming to the shows, by bringing your moms, by bringing your dads. I saw a couple dads in the audience. That's what I asked for and it it filled me with joy. I think this is a great place for us to end. Chris, thank you for coming on the podcast because you know what I'm going to do? I'm kicking you out because now you got to go down and apologize to Patrick. That's right. I do. All right. Much love. We are learning so much. Y'all, thank you for tuning into the podcast. As always, remember you can hit the app absolutely not line. Leave your voicemails. Just a quick tip and trick. If you're leaving a voicemail, try and keep it under a minute so I can get to the whole thing. Get to the point. No traffic talk because I live in New York and don't even get in cars anymore. (laughs) I love you guys. I can't wait to see you out on the road. Again, we're hitting all of the cities. We're coming to the West Coast. We're going back down to the South. We're doing the most. Go to heatherontour.com for tickets. We've added some shows and opened up some VIP tickets in some other cities. Again, if you haven't gotten your tickets, go to heatherontour.com. Again, once and always, like, subscribe, review, and thank you for being the fucking best. I feel so blessed to have you in my life. And thanks for listening to the podcast. See you on the flip side. Bye bye, bitches. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.